Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Somos Moss, the official podcast of Somos Moss and them, and your source for the latest news and notes from FIFA World Cup 2022. My name, of course, is Seth Bidoff. Joining me tonight, surprise, last moment, hop on, Jacob Terrell. Jacob, appreciate you being here. I appreciate you doing the show last night. Um, I was home. I just couldn't get my son to bed in time, and so appreciate you hopping on and doing that. Um, Not a problem. I, I went. I went. I listened to the episode last night, and you know, I... I I completely missed the news yesterday about Grant Wall, and I know you talked about mm-hmm. it yesterday. We really don't know much more today, but um, when I saw the news this morning, I was just in utter shock um, that that happened. He's barely ten years older than I am. Um, yeah. You know, not a lot of details uh, about you know what exactly happened. There have been some eyewitness accounts as to you know what happened at the stadium, and it's been well documented that he hadn't been feeling well. Um, and then in the past few weeks in Qatar. Um, so, I mean, it's just, it, it's a, it's a devastating loss. Um, and you talked about last night, you know, for, for the soccer community here in the U S you know, Grant has been one of the leading voices uh, on soccer, you know, whether it's international soccer, the U S national team, whatever the case may be, he's done some really big stories. Um, and, and not just for soccer, he, he covers other sports as well, but you know, for me, his, his soccer coverage has been one of one of the biggest driving factors, um, mm-hmm. and, and where I get my information. And, and uh, I wanted to mention, you know, I I actually recently bought his book. Um, I got bought it, you know, a couple months ago, and I, I've been reading through it, and uh, just fantastic writing. Um, uh, Masters of Modern uh, Football or Masters of Modern Soccer. If you haven't read it, go read it. Um, great book, work by Grant, but. Um, I mean, it's just, I think he actually had me blocked on Twitter at one point, but um, I didn't always necessarily agree with some of his takes on, on Twitter and social media and stuff, but man, that's, that, that was a voice and that will, that will certainly be missed um, around the, the, the U S soccer community. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I mean, just absolutely devastating. So appreciate you talking about that last night. Um, I've been trying to read up on it today and, and uh, yeah, just, you know, and it really does, you know, as disappointing as the U.S. losing the other day was like, this is just a massive blow for you know, U.S. soccer. And, I'm, and seeing uh, Rob Stone talk about it on air and getting choked up and, you know, mm-hmm. just one of those things, like, you know, it's one of those moments that, you know, I won't forget. Because, um, you know, I, we all have those, those things, you know, like uh, people come out and announce retirements and things like that and other things happening. But like, this is just... Uh, this is just big. It just really is. And I, I know he didn't necessarily do a lot of coverage for like lower league soccer and stuff like, like what we're used to, but you know, yeah. I, I think he did a piece not too long ago. I could be wrong. I think it was uh, about Freddie. I do. Um, it might've been, I, I want to say it was him, but it's just a fantastic piece about Freddie. I do and how he's trying to make a comeback, you know, um, and continue his, his soccer career. So uh, just, just, a, just, a, yeah, a loss. I mean, do you have anything else to add from what you said yesterday, or? No, no, I echo, echo your sentiment and and what I said yesterday. It's, it's a, it's a damper on a, on a already kind of a gross World Cup as far as the off the pitch stuff is concerned. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, we'll see what comes of it. Hopefully. I'm I'm really hoping nothing nefarious comes out of it, and it's just you know he just poor timing, and he got sick, and and uh, 
and something happened with that and and uh we'll move on but you know it's it sucks for him sucks for his family his wife uh and the soccer community as a whole but you know i'd <clears throat> I, I was shocked last night because I, you know, I was I, I found out right before I hopped on, so it kind of shook me for a little bit there to start the podcast. But um, you know, I think we we uh, we definitely will miss him, and and uh, other than that, we we push on and and cover the rest of this World Cup and and uh, figure out how we can can pay tribute to him through that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, for for anyone, for those of us. You know, us especially, you know, we're, you know, as part of soccer media, you know, particularly, I mean, obviously we're local, you know, soccer, yeah. <laughs> allegedly soccer media. Allegedly <laughs> soccer media. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's just one of those things, you know, it's tough, you know, especially when someone that has influenced the way that the the community and, and media and journalism has grown and expanded over the past few years like yeah it's definitely you know definitely someone worth you know um continuing to remember and try to you know live up to what he did you know Mm -hmm. not that we'll ever you know match match what he does but you know um yeah i mean there there was still soccer day you know the the matches continued the 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 second uh the four the the last two of the quarterfinal matches happened today. First one this morning, Morocco and Portugal. Uh, we talked the other night about this match, and I mean, I don't, I know that you've been real big on Morocco. You've been big on Morocco, and I can't remember if you said that you had them beating Portugal here or not. I did. You um, did. Okay. And I have a. I, I thought I brought it over here. I have a bracket that I filled out as soon as the round of sixteen was was solidified after the group stages. And I have Morocco in the semifinals against France. Um, my other picks, we won't talk about them, <laughs> but uh, I did have that one. Uh, and then I think on the other side, I had, the other side was a disaster. I had like USA, uh, um, Japan, I think is who I had over there. Okay. So, so yeah, uh, a little different, a uh, little different on that side of the bracket, but, but no, I have been, have been high on this Morocco team. I thought, I thought they could, uh, could get past this Portugal side even after Portugal put up you know six goals on on the Swiss. This Morocco defense isn't the Swiss defense. Uh, there's a there's a joke to be made about the Swiss defense being full of holes, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm not going to make that joke. Uh, even though I kind of did, uh, but th- no, this Morocco team. I mean, they came out uh, again. They didn't have a whole lot of possession, but they made the most of their possession. Uh, in in Nasir just uh, just freaking skied on this header uh the the one goal morocco you know wins one nothing and uh goes up and gets across uh he 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 has so the keeper had a height advantage and the keeper can use his hands and somehow uh in a sears head gets above both uh the goalkeeper's hands and and he just heads it down and into a wide open goal and and that's all morocco needed they they did well defensively and, and then countered uh, when they could probably one of these times that Morocco team is going to get, uh, you know, these, these breakaway chances that they have at the end of games when they're ahead and the other team's pushing and then they get a breakaway and they can't capitalize on it. One of the times that's going to bite them in the ass, but uh, yeah, I just, it, that hasn't materialized at all this tournament. And, you know, you, you watch this and, 
you, you talk about the goal that was scored and really to me, I watched that and I say that that's a complete and total misplay by the keeper. It is. I mean, it is. He, he, he wasn't paying attention to who was coming on running onto mm-hmm. the ball. And uh, he thought he could just run and and it, it was going to be easy pickings for a cross, but um, the Moroccan player just beats him to the ball and gets up and gets up higher than him. And, and, and that's all she wrote. I mean, once the keeper's that far out of the net, all you got to do is get a touch to that. I mean, you just, mm-hmm. just barely tap it and it'll, it's going to end up in the back of the net. And, and he did more than that. I mean, he, he powered it down on the ground and back up into the top netting. And, and uh, this Morocco team, I feel like I, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about the France matchup here in a little bit, but I feel like if, if they score first or if they can keep a clean sheet, like they did the, the Spain match, you know, all the way to penalties. I mean, they're dangerous. I, I do. I do believe that if if a team ever gets up on them early, it could be like a six nothing loss mm-hmm. uh, for Morocco because they'll have to spread themselves out and, and you know push for for a tying goal. But we haven't seen that yet this tournament. I mean, they played uh, Croatia to a nil nil draw. They beat the Netherlands two nothing or Netherlands Netherlands sorry uh, Belgium two nothing. They beat. They were up on Canada two nothing and then gave up a goal, an own goal. Um, and then they didn't give up a goal against Spain, and they didn't get a, give up a goal here. So, um, I think if you're going to beat them, you got to get ahead early somehow, break through, and then then you might be able to pull them apart. But we we haven't seen that yet, and and we'll see if France can do it uh, in the semifinals. Yeah, it's uh, I, I mean it's a tall task to to keep France scoreless, and you know it's again you know, we'll touch on that here in a little bit. But yeah, I mean you look at Portugal, and this is the side that was widely favored um, mm-hmm. to run away with this match. And I thought, I thought Portugal had this one, you know, as good as Morocco has been, um, you know, prior you know, uh, defensively heading into this. Um, like I just kind of, you just kind of looked at it. It's like, okay, well I'm not convinced that they can do that against what should be on paper, a, a more well-established, a more defined, you know, Portugal side. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's just a bit of a shock, you know, to see Morocco come out and, and do as well as they have and, you know, to withstand the pressure from Portugal. And they really didn't give Portugal, you know, very many clear opportunities no, today. No, they didn't. I mean, they were rock solid back there. Uh, I think one of the best chances, um, not the best chance, but in the first half, as anyways, the best chance was uh, a crazy, a crazy shot by Bruno Fernandez that kind of materialized out of nothing and hit the crossbar. But uh, I mean, that's a very, very low percentage shot. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was either a volley or a half volley that he spun and hit really without looking. And it, it gets over the keeper and dips down, but it hits the bar. And um, I mean, if he makes that, it's one of the goals of the tournament, but the chance the x xg on that's probably like 0.02 or, or i mean just super low and so other than that i mean the, the portugal had i mean ronaldo gets up can't get ahead on it but it falls to pep and uh he he misses a wide open back of the net and puts it just wide um and i think right then everybody knew oh it's over like that was yeah that was the one portugal chance that they were going to get there in the dying moments and uh they didn't capitalize on it so 
uh, all the credit to Morocco. Um, I, I, the way they're playing right now defensively is just incredibly impressive. I mean, to to beat what many people thought was going to be a, a dark horse for this in, in Canada and then draw with Croatia, who is also in the semifinal, and then, uh, you know, beat Belgium the way they did and then, and then take Spain to penalties and then now beat Portugal. I mean, you just can't, you can't take anything away from them. They've just played perfectly at the back. Yeah. Yeah, they absolutely have. Yeah, they were a two to one underdog um, in this match. And it's, the odds are about the same, according to 538, going into their matchup with France. And, you know, it's, I mean, could they end up being the Cinderella of, of this tournament? I mean, I, I want to say they already are. Well, yeah. But, I, mean, I mean, Cinderella doesn't all doesn't have to win right, the tournament right. to be the Cinderella of the tournament. I mean, they're the first African nation to be in a semifinal of the World yeah. Cup, which kind of blows my mind a little bit. Um, and they've they've come through, you know, Belgium, Croatia, Spain, and Portugal. Um, you know, those if I if I say a team comes in and and beats or draws against those four teams, uh, that's that's a pretty impressive resume for for a tournament in the World Cup. So, yeah, I, I'm just I'm just thrilled with how they're they're playing. It's huge for for the AFCON to have a, have a team like Morocco in there. And, and then just these Morocco players and these fans that you see, I mean, uh, just what it means to them and how, how far they've come. I mean, there's a team that fired their manager this year, mm-hmm. like in the calendar year of 2022. And, and here they are in the semifinal. It's a team that we beat three, nothing this calendar year, yeah. us beat three, nothing in this calendar year. And so it's crazy. It's just, it's just, uh, they're, they're, they're hot right now. And, and we'll see if it can continue in a couple of days. And of all the groups uh, heading into this tournament, you know, you look at the group stages. Group F is the only one that still got two clubs, two teams left. Oh yeah, like all these powerhouse groups. You know, look at Group B. You know, uh, the U.S., England, Iran, Wales. You know, uh, Argentina and Poland and Mexico. Like you've got these power, these powers. It's Croatia and and uh, and Morocco Mm -hmm. from Group F that nobody expected to come out of that group except for you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know, so yeah, it's just been it's been fun to watch. It's fun to see you know those two teams continue to go and yeah. I mean, I'm, again, we'll talk about it here in just a little bit, but you know, uh, I, I I can't wait to hear what your prediction is on Morocco France to see if you know who you've got going to the, to the final. So, um, second match of the day, the uh, the Harry Kane disaster. That's what we're getting. <laughs> Why? <laughs> because I can't. Because I can. Um, you, uh, the, the England and France squared off in the late game today. Uh, this one obviously ends up in the favor of France by a final of 2-1. Uh, Olivier Giroud and uh, Tukamani both scored for France. Harry Kane gets a penalty in the 54th and then misses a second one later on. Just absolutely skies the ball mm-hmm. into mm-hmm. the upper deck and potentially out of the stadium um it was that far off um but i mean there's a lot in this match here and and some of the bigger talking points that i've seen across social media has been those penalty calls and and i want to talk about these first off before we get to anything else because i'm in in some referee discussion groups over on facebook and i see the people complaining about across social media about some of these penalty calls as someone who refs i watch these live I saw the initial tackle there about the 50, 50th, 51st, the, the initial tackle there, tackle inside the box, penalty. 
-hmm. clear cut. No, no foul or no yellow card for me. I'm perfectly good with that one. I thought it was the right call by the referee. Uh, Second penalty. This is the one that I saw a lot of people up in arms about as well. Number one, arguing, is it a foul? Number two, is it a red card? Number three, you know, and, and people are arguing about these. So referee standpoint, you look at it, people are arguing red card for dog. So number one, Mason Mount never had possession of the ball. He was not actively playing the ball. He was not on it. There is no red card for dog. So in that scenario, is there a yellow card? Yes, because there is a hard foul in the box. Now you don't necessarily have to give a yellow in the box, but it was a foul in the box. And it was fairly, you know, I would say there was a more than enough contact from behind, not shoulder to shoulder to warrant a yellow card penalty call. Correct. Uh, I, mean, I honestly didn't even, I don't know how the referee didn't see that live. I'm kind of disappointed that it had to go to VAR, but I, you know, from my perspective, my understanding of the rules, these calls are both correct, both appropriate. Um, I mean, watching this, Jacob, did you take any different point of view on these or did you feel like they were fair? No, I think they were fair. Um, I think, I mean, you, you could argue a red card. Uh, I, I know maybe, I don't know. I don't know. It just, it looked ugly. Like it was clear that he was not making a play on the ball. Mm-hmm. It was clear that it was in the box. You never know. I mean, it's, it's hard to really tell, you know, if Mount can get to that. I, I think if you in your head, if the referee looks at that and says, I think Mount is going to get there without the contact, then I think it is a red card. Mm-hmm. I think it is denial of an op- goal, obvious goal scoring opportunity. Um, but it, that's just so hard to judge that I, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to argue either side of it. If, the, if he would have called it a red, I would have been like, okay, if he didn't call it a red since he didn't, uh, you know, I'm like, okay, that's whatever. Uh, it's, it's clearly a penalty. I mean, he just pulls right. I don't know what the hell he was thinking to be completely honest with you. I mean, yeah, he just, it was, he, it, it looks like a, a football tackle, like an American football tackle. Um, and so, so no, I, <clears throat> I know people have had issues with the refs um, in this tournament, but it just kind of makes my point for me that one, nobody's going to be perfectly happy. Everybody, you're always going to have an issue with a ref. And I still think there should be more than one ref in the middle of the freaking pitch. Uh, I, th- I think three refs four with the, with the fourth official that just does the scorecard thing or the substitution board and, and the minutes board and stuff uh, to just have three that are out there making calls. I mean, how many times have we seen, you know, you know, you got the assistant, the AR on, on the left and then no, nobody on the right side because the AR can't cross half court because mm-hmm. he'll get shocked. I don't know, like a shock collar on it. I don't know what the hell is going on there. Uh, you, they can't run in a straight line back and forth all match. I don't understand that at all. Well, so part, there's two things. There's two. The big thing behind that is traditionally the way that referees are trained is that your center runs on a diagonal. And then whichever side, okay. so whichever side is not on, yeah, that's where your you. AR is going to be. Right now, more recently, so that was even in the training that I went through, is that you run on diagonal and you have your ARs on the side that's that you're yeah. not going to be to help watch those areas, call for fouls, mm-hmm. offside, that kind of stuff. Right. That's the whole. That's that's the reason behind it. More recently, though, uh, and this was a big discussion in one of the referee groups that I'm in, is that people were commenting on the positioning of the center referee in this match. 
saying that he was staying staying mostly center um, during during the, during the match. And you know, some people were complaining he was putting himself in the middle of middle of play, and mm-hmm. that's something I can get to here in a, in a little bit. And so they've kind of moved away from that, from the diagonal run, a little bit, um, doing more and becoming a. In the training, more so encouraging the the center ref to be about 15 to 20 yards away from where the play is at. Not necessarily on that diagonal, but 15 to 20 yards mm-hmm. in view of what's going on. But but so, like what I was what I was getting at was, yeah. you know, if 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 the play is all the way on one side and the AR is is say on the near side and the action's on the far side, and there's a a close like the the Japan call. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's got to, he's got to look through bodies down a line and see past the goalposts to see if that ball's out or not. Yeah. Because he's on the the opposite side of the goal. Then the play happened. Why, why even put yourself, why, why do we have to be in that situation? Why can't there be somebody on the other side too? Especially in a world cup match. That's yeah. one of the most important matches going on in the world. Why can't there be somebody on, you know, either four ARs or the two ARs can run up and down the whole way and there, or there's two in the middle. I don't know what the exact answer is, but I mean, we see it all the time when that opposite corner where the AR is not there, you know, they get into a little pushing shoving match. They, it's, it's almost impossible to tell who the ball goes off of. Yeah. Um, when you're trying to look through bodies like that, even if the center of even, even on a quick play, you know, say, say it's a quick cross and his first touch takes him towards the touchline. And so the if the diagonal, I get the diagonal thing where, you know, your AR is on this side and the, the center referee should be shaded more to the opposite side. But yeah. even then, he's looking this way, and then all of a sudden, the play's over here in this far corner. I, I just don't understand it. And so, a lot of, a lot of the refereeing questions that come up, I just go, yeah, I, <laughs> he probably didn't make the a hundred percent right calls today. Because he's one guy trying to hap- ref a sport that happens on a pitch twice as big as a football field and happens just as fast. And yeah. so it's yeah, just... No, I, I get you. And I, and I understand, you know, having been, having played and, and refing, like, I get it. Like, would it, would uh, would more ARs help? Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> you know, I, and I think it would make a difference. Now, whether or not that's something that FIFA is going to implement, I don't know. I, I certainly don't see it happening at the lower levels of soccer, but I don't see why you couldn't do it. Cause I mean, major league baseball throws out extra umpires during the world series and right. playoffs. So yeah. I don't know why a- NBA is the same way. There's usually yeah. just three, but for, for the finals and, and the playoffs, there's four. So, yeah. yeah, I don't know why they couldn't do it, but yeah, the reason, <clears throat> the reason you don't have your ARs running back and forth, if you watch the, the change in play, like how quickly the ball can go back and forth, right. that AR has got to be able to keep up with that last. Defense, yeah. That, second to last defender at all points. So if you, if you've got an AR running so, basically all the way down, you, yeah. you've, got, you've got, you would have to have another, someone else to stick with that second to last defender. Well, we don't, we don't even need a, an AR to tell us if it's offside or not. We've got the, the little 3d <laughs> models now. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I, that, that's why you don't have it because of the yeah. change of play. You've got to have someone with that second to last defender. So, but, but I've seen, times like specifically like the end of matches when there's a corner everybody comes up you know mm-hmm. everybody comes up why can't he cross half court like why can't he cross midpoint on the pitch he, even if he's not all the way in the corner 
Yeah. Like, just be where the action is. Cause it seems stupid to me that you're, you know, the action is right there in front of goal and you have three referees, but one of them can't get close enough to see anything. Yeah. E- even though, cause I get the point about the offside call and everything like that, yeah. but if nobody's back there, then why can't you just move up till you're with the, the second to last defender? Well, I mean, even then, if you if let's say towards the end here, if England had thrown all eleven guys forward, you mm-hmm. even you've even got Pickford in the box. Yeah, like your defenders are up, everything. If you pull that that AR all the way up, if France goes on a break the other way, do you expect that AR to keep up with Mbappe? Well, no, but nobody can keep up with Mbappe. So <laughs> right, it <doesn't> exactly. <laughs> but that that's the point. They've got to be able to maintain that line and stick with the, the attacking players or that last defender, or whatever. But if they're all the way up, they. You're, I wouldn't expect them to reasonably cover a hundred yards, you know, while keeping up with the pace of play if they're all the way down here, you know. So but that's why you have do, them. I know that they call some fouls, right? But yeah, they can. But your main your main objective there is offside. If the play's all over here, like the sunny goal uh, for South Korea, mm-hmm. um, you know, the play was all the way up there. There was no offside chance there. I mean, Sunny took it himself, or the one pass that he did make would have made would have been in his own half. So there's no offside in your own half anyways. So I get it. It's just, there's gotta be a better system than what we use now. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'm sure I'm going to, we're going to have purists that listen to this and they're like, Oh no, we have to keep it the way it's been. Cause that's how it's always been. And that's how it always will be. And uh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know the reasoning behind it. That's just, yeah. As far my understanding, that's the way it's been. That's the way it's going to be. I maybe they make a change. I mean, you know, but I, I honestly don't think FIFA will. But no. But I mean, look at, look at all the complaints that we get mm-hmm. from every league. I mean, this is the World Cup. This should be, you know, the top of the top uh, referees in the world, and we're still getting a bunch of complaints. Um. I I posted this on it was either Twitter or Facebook. I commented on something here a couple weeks ago about uh, referees and and told my piece about how uh, maybe it's just you know maybe the sport is just too fast and there's too much going on for three people, two and a half people to to keep yeah. up with in most scenarios and and I was surprised that I had some people that I know are are longtime soccer fans kind of agree with me, um, but it it just. It is what it is. And like the calls with today in the France England match, I mean, I think the better team ended up winning anyways. Um, I mean, they definitely uh, created a little bit more and, and looked the better side for most of the match. That's, that's not to say that they had the ball the whole time because England did outpossess them. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but France just looked more dangerous when they did have the ball and, and they looked pretty much in control. Yeah. Uh, on the defensive end. So aside from the two penalties, um, you know, it uh, arguably there could have been a third uh, before even the first one uh, in the, in the first half, there was um, a France player that basically stuck his leg through the spokes of, of Harry Kane, but it was, you know, right on the edge. Mm -hmm. And so uh, I never saw a clear shot of it, if it was actually in the box or not, but, but they had to look at it and determined it was, just i mean if it's just a foul outside the box they're not going to bring it back and have a free yeah. kick so that, that's probably what they determined but they determined it was outside so it doesn't matter we move yeah if on. contact is initiated outside the box it, you it won't be a penalty right well, so you yeah. can't they won't even call it a, like the var won't even call it a foul right right even if it was a foul 
they won't call they won't bring play back yeah. just for yeah a not foul. for that, it's got to no. be for a penalty yeah um, they won't do that or or potentially dangerous dangerous play but yeah, yeah so, it's um, it is what I, it is yeah it was a, it was a good match it was it was the best i think the best played quarterfinal yeah um, it obviously wasn't the most ex- i mean it was exciting but it wasn't like uh, you know netherlands coming back or or croatia and and morocco winning or anything like that but it, i mean it was still still a fun quarterfinal i think this was the best uh quarterfinal set of games all four of them combined you know um in, in a while i think and so it's been an exciting tournament up to this point and uh i think the final four is is pretty interesting yeah it, it certainly is i just real quick before we move on i do want to go back to your your comment about um play being too fast uh for all he wrote three or I, I told you guys i was riffing last night and uh the match that, that i did there was one player on one of the teams um who for whatever reason insists on running at me like he, <laughs> this tall guy lanky you know a uh, lot of a lot of pace he insists on running at me i'm like why like why are you running directly at me like i like you know and i'm trying to get out of the way of him but he kept running at me like you know like i because and my, uh, what we're, we're supposed to try to you know predict or you know, think about where they're potentially going so like i'm turned i'm facing the south end i'm off to the right of the center circle and he he just you know he he comes up and i'm still i'm watching the play and as it's developing I'm, i've got to determine okay is he going to go is he going to pass or go to my left is he going to pass go to go to the, go to my right and but he just runs straight at me <laughs> like so like i'm trying to move out of the way but he just keeps running right at me I'm like okay well i can't turn and run because the play is behind me at that point mm-hmm. you know so yeah it's and then one guy complained because he um again i was out to the right of the center circle the guy kicked the ball and hit me he's like dude you can't be in the middle I'm like i'm not in the middle <laughs> like well, you've got the entire right you've got the entire right side of the pitch and yet you kick it to the left to where i'm standing and you know i'm 10 yards 10 15 yards off i don't have time to react you know to get out of the way but it's like, I mean, no, I mean, the pace, the pace of play is something that has to be considered. Um, yeah. You know, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if any changes are made again. But, uh, you know, yeah, like you said, looking ahead to the, the final four, the final four is set. Like there's some really good matchups here. Uh, looking at Argentina, Croatia, that's the first of the two semifinal matches. That's on the 13th, which is Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, not a, there's really not a lot of uh rest time here for either of these uh matches here and then and uh but yeah i mean argentina croatia Ar- argentina seems to finally be putting again we talked about it, they're, they're finally putting it together and i know that their match with the netherlands was was highly contentious and fifa has opened a case into argentina's behavior and how that match was handled and and good yeah i mean that's not going to affect the fact that Argentina has already gone forward. And right. like that. But looking at the behaviors on the pitch and how the players handle that and the taunting and just all the nonsense that happened in that match, uh, close to a world record, 15 yellow cards shown in that match. Like you look at Argentina, you look at Croatia. I mean, this, this could potentially be a very physical match between these two sides. And, you know, do I think Messi and company have enough? I don't know. I, th- I, I they're favored in this match, almost two to one, according to five thirty-eight, and 
you know, Messi's got a shot to potentially take tie or take the lead for the golden boot race. So, I mean, looking at this, who do you have and, and why? Oh man. Um, I didn't think you were going to ask for a prediction. I thought we were going to like, like workshop some stuff there. Well, we but, can't, no, we absolutely uh, can't. No, no. I mean, I mean, it, that match, uh, I'll talk about the Argentina match a little bit. The Netherlands match. I talked about it or we talked about it on Friday night a little bit. Um, or was that one of the, no, that was me last uh, night. Yeah, huh? it was you, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, we had a late red card there. I, I didn't really notice it when I was watching it. Mm-hmm. Uh, it wasn't until I was doing the podcast that I was like, there's a red card. What? Um, but yeah. And, and, uh, the Argentinian players, I mean, you go back to the 70 some minute when, when there's a foul and then the Argentinian player just, just flat out puts his laces through it right into the Netherlands bench. And I think mm-hmm. that was when that was things when really got out of, that was when things really got out of control. I mean, you see Virgil van Dyke come running up there and, and, uh, and then the way they acted, uh, the whole, the way both teams acted during, during penalties, I was kind of like, what are you guys doing? Like just shoot, shoot the penalties and then move on. Uh, cause the Netherlands were getting in the face and, and then, of course, you know, in a testing match like that, when you win, like Argentina did, uh, they're gonna they're gonna make some gestures uh, a- after they win, and it just, I mean, it it happens. It definitely. I'm not rooting for Argentina. I can tell you that. Like my my heart wants Croatia to win this next match, and I, you know, I think they've got a good chance. I mean, they've they've proven that they know how to play this knockout soccer, uh, winning in penalties, you know, four times the last two two World Cups, and and. Uh, you know, Luka Modric uh, has has just kind of been that steadying factor there in the midfield for them, and and I think they've got a real shot. I think I think this one goes to extra time and and uh, possibly depends as well. It's it the whole thing for Croatia is they don't they don't have a Messi, but they didn't have a Neymar either. And you saw Neymar's one magical moment, uh, which you expect Messi to have at least one in this match. And Croatia was able to find a way to negate that and and get back on the board and and uh, take it to pins. And if it goes to pins, my money's on Croatia. <laughs> I mean, it, Argentina didn't look fantastic in pins. They they did they won, but they didn't look you know great. And and Croatia's come through, looked good two times in a row. And and their Croatia goalkeeper uh, uh, Livakovic uh, is has been fantastic. And so. I, I think it could come down to that, but I, I'm I hope Croatia comes out and, I, and I'm gonna say Croatia comes out. Yeah, looking at this, I mean it's I have to agree. I think Croatia has the ability to to, to upset Argentina here. Um my concern for Argentina is that they haven't necessarily been very good defensively right. this tournament. Right. And you saw them surrender a, a two they they had a 2-0 lead going towards the, the final stages of this match here today, or yesterday, I should say. Gave up two late goals. Um, is this something that Croatia can exploit, or is this something that Argentina um, is going to... Do you think they can like fix whatever the issue is, or at least make some adjustments to, to, to slow down Croatia or limit the attack? I mean, I Croatia's attack isn't world beaters, so mm-hmm. um, it's not... You know, it's not France, it's not Brazil uh, coming in here offensively, but but what Croatia can do is they can kind of pick their spots. You know, they're going to play solid defense, they're going to control the midfield. Um, you know, they they they're they're probably going to keep try to keep Messi off the ball as much as they can, especially in the midfield, and 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 then they can pounce. And 
and Argentina defensively is not a solid enough team to, you know, if the, if the offense doesn't carry them, then, then they're going to be in trouble. I mean, they've, they blew a two goal lead against Netherlands. They almost blew a two goal needed lead against Australia. Mm-hmm. Um, keep in mind, I mean, this is a team that lost to Saudi Arabia in, in their first match of this world cup. So we know they're not perfect and we know they're gettable and, and they've been playing better since that Saudi Arabia match, obviously, but, but they still haven't looked like, you know, I mean, Brazil had looked better than them throughout the whole tournament. And, and I did say Brazil hadn't faced really stiff competition, but neither has, has Argentina. I mean, Poland is not the Poland of old. Mexico is not the Mexico of old. Um, and then Saudi Arabia's beat them. So I, I think, defensively specifically Croatia Croatia is going to find some space and, and, and get a couple solid chances. It's going to be if they can put them away. And so far we've seen them put away the ones that they needed to put away. And, and I don't see why this match would be any different. I mean, it, it's a, it's a team that's been here before. They know what to do. They know how to get past them and, and or get past teams in this knockout round. And, and I think they'll, they can do what needs to be done and, and get through with, with a goal or without, I mean, I could see him going nil nil and going to penalties and and either way. Croatia was held goalless uh, twice during the group stage. Uh, their the third match they did score four. Uh, they did score three against Japan in the opening round. Um, do you think that if Croatia is held to one or fewer goals that Argentina finds a way to win? Or do you think it, that Croatia is going to have to put up at least that second goal? No, I, I would say at least one. Um, you know, if Croatia doesn't find the, the back of the net in regulation or extra time once, then, then I think they're in trouble. But, but no, I definitely think they can limit Argentina to one um, or, or maybe even zero. And, uh, and all I would take would be one to get past them, but it, the only the only thing that I've seen from Argentina offensively is a Messi magic moment. If if they don't get that moment from Messi, uh, which obviously is is fairly reliable because it's freaking Lionel Messi, but uh, if if he can't produce that one magical moment, whether it's a goal um, or whether it's like that pass that we saw uh, against Netherlands, which came out of nowhere, to be completely honest with you. Um, you know, unless they do that, unless he can do that, their offense is kind of a stick in the mud. Um, that's not to say that they can't generate something without him. It's just my confidence of them generating something without him isn't nearly as high as my confidence in in Croatia stopping that from happening. Uh, so I, I think it's going to take a messy moment. And if they get that, then, you know, if they get one, they'll probably be in decent shape. But I can see Croatia getting a goal here. If they, I'd, I'd be surprised if they get two, but I do think if they get two, they're in pretty good shape. All right. So I, I had Argentina coming, uh, losing here in this round originally, going to the third place match. Uh, I definitely had them facing Brazil. Yeah. Um, so obviously a different opponent here. Looking at this, I, yeah. So, so are we both picking Croatia to go through to the final? I guess because I am. Um, okay. I, I'm just, and Messi's never won this thing. Um, I mean, he in the ones that I can remember, he's never even really been like in the running mm-hmm. uh, for one. Uh, when it comes down to the end, like the semifinals, I, I'm sh- I'm sure if I looked, he'd made he's made a deep run or two uh, here before. But um, I just 
I trust this Croatia team. I, I trust their midfield, uh, Luka Modric, uh, you know, doing his thing. And, and, uh, they're just, like I said last night, they're just like cockroaches, man. They're just, you can't kill them. They just keep finding a way to survive. And, and I think that happens again. I, I think they get to the final. I, I, uh, I think spoiler alert. I think we have a rematch of la- of the last world cups final. Um, I, so looking back at our, the Argentinian national team performance in the World Cup in 2018, they went out in the round of 16. 2014, they went out. They were the runners up. 2010, okay. 20, 2006, they were quarterfinals. 2002, group stage. I want to say Messi was not in the squad in 2002, or at least not before 2002, at the very least. No, no, because this is his fifth. Yeah. World Cup. So that's 20 years right there. That's that's five. So. So yeah, I mean, he had a runner-up in there. I heard you say, but the rest haven't been uh, there. And and uh, I just I just trust this Croatia, this iteration of the Croatia team more than I do um, this Argentinian team. And and uh, yeah, I think I think they can do it. Would yeah. I be shocked? Would I be shocked if Argentina makes it? Obviously not. I mean, it's no. Lionel Messi, um, and it, it's an aging Luka Modric and and uh, Croatia team, but. But I, I, I think Croatia does it. I think they do. All right. Moving on over to the other semifinal match. This one, it'll be on Wednesday, the 14th. France and Morocco. Is Morocco the team of destiny? Do they have enough to take down France? Or what can they do well against France to, to increase their chances? Uh, they got to score first. I, 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 I'm going to say France wins. But if Morocco scores first throw it out the window if morocco gets on the board first or nobody gets on the board and it goes to pins then then i'm taking morocco i i just their defense and their defensive structure and tactics have just been so sound this whole tournament and you know france france has the horses that can mess that up for sure mm-hmm. but uh i i mean if if morocco scores i just see them sitting back and countering uh over and over again after that and and when they're in that game plan, they they've just been impo- impossible to get by. I mean, one goal this tournament they've given up, and it was an own goal. Uh, so it it could be tough, but but at the same time, like I said, if France scores first, uh, look out because I think it could get ugly. Um, yeah, France uh, did go behind in both the Tunisia and the Australia match. Uh, against Australia, though, France came back to beat them 4-1. So um, this, this Morocco defense isn't Australia, though. No, no, they're not. And they're certainly not Tunisia either. And France really struggled in that match. Um, mm-hmm. to get. Well, they struggled to convert their chances, I should say. That was also um, a heavily rotated side. Yes, yes, it was. Um, so, yeah, not a lot to really take away from that one. But, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know that to, that Morocco has enough here to to take down France. I mean, I, I agree. I, I think they're going to sit back. They're going to try to hit off the counter, even if they, you know, even with, if they don't go up early. I think they're going to just try to absorb as much as they can and – either you know pick off a goal towards the end like one of the halves or something or something uh, or try to force it into into extra time um yeah i mean as long as it's nil nil that's what they're gonna do um i I just don't know what they're gonna because we haven't seen them down in this tournament Mm -hmm. they've yet to be losing at any point in this tournament 
yeah. group stage or knockout stage alike. They we've just yet to see them be down a goal. And so I'm very curious to see what'll happen if they do go down a goal uh, and they all of a sudden have to be pushing forward to try to get a goal to, to tie it up and, and force regulate or force extra time or something. And, and so their counter, like Morocco has been scoring on the counter or quasi semi counters all tournament, but uh, you know, you get a team pushing forward and then all of a sudden you get killing Mbappe out there, um, you know, and uh and Dembele on the other side if they're countering you it's a completely different animal than than trying to keep them out of the net when you're packed in back there in front of the goal i mean you know you get Mbappe one on one with somebody that's a different animal than Mbappe trying to go one on five uh and so it, it to me it comes down to who scores first and and if there's a, a goal in regulation and extra time you talked about France having the horses to break down the defense of Morocco. Who do you think opens up the spaces for, for those opportunities? You know, is it, does France have to play the ball on the cross in the Giroud? Do they play off the, off the wing with Mbappe trying to force the ball out wide? Like what, what is it that France has to do to break down that uh, interior? It's, it's not out wide. I mean, we saw Spain, um, just kind of attack those wide areas, trying to do something there with crosses. And it just, it just never works. I mean, Giroud is is a different animal uh, in the air than anybody that uh, that Spain had at that point. But it's still just I, I don't. I think you're going to have to create uh, in the channels and in that in the in the middle of the pitch, um, at least maybe not right down the center, but definitely not in the wide wide areas. You know, find those channels kind of in the in between and. And it, it, I mean, it's going to be tough. It, it's it's probably going to have to be, if I'm, if I'm making a prediction, it's probably going to be like a counter to a. It's a, you know, a, a counter to a counter. Mm-hmm. It's it's not, it's not building out trying to to beat them and when they're already set in their low block, you're going to have to kind of get them in a transition period where, you know, maybe maybe you turn it over and and, and Morocco you know, tries to break, but they turn it over quickly and, and you can catch them in that transition period before they actually get set. Uh, it's kind of like a zone defense in basketball. You know, you don't, you don't want to face the zone once it's, it's set. You want to get it before everybody's in place and then kind of uh, ready to do their roles. You gotta, you gotta try to beat them, beat them down the, down the pitch and, and, and break it that way. Otherwise, you know, this Morocco team just has been too tough to break down. Uh, if they can get their their backline set how they want it, and so I, I think I think uh, you know counter counter attacks, uh, and then in those in those kind of channels, you know, around the eighteen yard, both sides of the eighteen yard box are are how it's going to be done, how it's going to have to be done, and and I think they they can do it, especially on the counter to the counter, but um, the breaking them down when they're already set in their block is going to be tough, even for this France team. Yeah. France is, uh, to, to me, they are by far the most talented squad left in the tournament. Oh yeah. By far. Um, you know, they've got lots, of, they've got a lot of guys who can get into dangerous areas. A lot of guys that can score you. We talked about Mbappe. We talked about Giroud. We talked about, you know, just, uh, just all the different looks that they can bring. Um, I just, to me, Fran, they're going to have opportunities. Mm-hmm. They're going to, they're going to force the ball and they're going to, they're going to have opportunities to score. 
And like you said, this could get ugly, you know, especially if France does go up or go up early. Um, for me, France has got to clean up the mistakes, the, the defensive lapses like they had today against England. Cause if yeah. they do, if, if they fall into that same issue against Morocco, I mean, I, I said it in our group text today, you know, that France is trying to give the game away, you know, and if France makes those mistakes against Morocco, they could easily do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think, I think England came into this match and they, and they did a lot of good things. You know, they, they kind of put the clamps on Mbappe as much as you can put the clamps on Mbappe. And they really kind of frustrated fan, France. And I think that's why you see a foul like like that second penalty where he just comes in and blows him over. I mean, I know at that point France is winning 2-1 still, but they just hadn't been able to get into a groove. And, and Morocco can do that. Morocco can get you out of your groove and, and really frustrate and, and annoy you. And so I could I could see, you know, those frustration mistakes kind of creep back up into into this. We hadn't seen it from France before, but they hadn't really been tested. Right. I mean, you talked about them being down to Australia, but... I mean, that was, they went down early and then, you know, once they found their groove there, it just, it was over. I mean, they haven't, have they haven't come up against teams that are as defensively sound as, as this England team was today. And as I think Morocco is uh, coming up on Wednesday. So, so I could definitely see that, but I mean, I'm going to pick France, but if Morocco makes it, uh, that, that wouldn't hurt my feelings any. Yeah, it'd definitely be interesting if uh, Morocco did manage to upset France here. I think that could potentially be like the upset, the biggest upset ever. Um, but yeah, I just, again, I, like you, I'm going France. Um, I, I don't think it'll be close. I, like I, said, I think France is going to have opportunities. They just have to put them away and they have to clean up at, at the defensive end. I think they're, they're going to walk through to, to the final and have the opportunity to become the first three-time champion. So um i I looking for the record i do think it's going to be close okay i i don't i don't think uh france is going to get the early goal i think they're going to have to work for it it's going to be a struggle i just think france kind of kind of gets one you know maybe like the 70th or so minute somewhere in there um and then you know with morocco pushing forward the rest of the match trying to get that equalizer uh, i think I think France can add one on the counter. So it, it might be a two, three, nothing scoreline, mm-hmm. but I think those goals come late. And the other than the first one, the, the any goal after the first one is a product of Morocco, Morocco not being able to be set in their defensive block and, and be pushing forward. And, and you give France a chance to counter on that. And it's, it's pretty ugly or yeah. it can be pretty ugly. Yep. Definitely could see that happening. Um, so looking over at the golden boot race, it is basically down to three guys. Mbappe with five, Messi with four, Giroud with four. Which of these guys stands out to use the favorite at this point? I mean, it's still Mbappe, right? He, he's got the one goal lead. Mm-hmm. Um, probably has, uh, I mean, with, with our predictions, uh, him and Giroud are going to have the extra game over Messi. Uh, to try to break it if if what we said goes and Argentina goes out and France goes on. Um, the the only thing is, is, is I know Mbappe gets a bad rap, you know, at PSG. Uh, you know, he's asked out a few times since they brought in Neymar and Messi and stuff. But but I think his love for, I mean, we saw it after the, the Giroud goal, uh, you know, goal-breaking or record-breaking record goal. Yeah. Um, 
the way they embraced. I mean, he, I think he loves this France team and, and, um, you know, he, if he has a chance to take the shot or set up Giroud, I think he could set up Giroud just as easy as he could take the shot. And, and so maybe you see Giroud catch him and pass him, uh, depending on, on, uh, the situations that we, we see coming forward. But as far as the favorite at this point, it's still Mbappe mainly because he has the one goal lead. Yeah, I have to I have to lean towards uh, Mbappe as well. I mean, obviously, again, like you said, going off of our predictions, it's more than likely going to be one of those two guys. Um, but I just I think Mbappe is a guy that he can score from so many different places on the pitch. Yeah. You you put the ball at his feet, you know, in space. I mean, even he can make stuff happen on his own too. We've we've seen it time and time again. So, yeah, I think Mbappe is the one that ends up getting it. So. Yeah, it's going to be – we've got four more days of World Cup football. And then we'll be done. Crazy. Kind of bittersweet. I mean, it's, it's eight days in, in total, but yeah, but four more days of actually watching it on the pitch and, and uh, you know, only three more matches left. Well, four uh, with the, the, the third-place match. But um, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fun, man. It's going to be sad when it's over, but – um then we can turn our attention back to to usl and united and and hopefully get some well the holidays i guess would be first and then we'll then we'll turn our attention to united and and uh the build up to that season which is only you know four months away basically uh so yeah it's like you said bittersweet but i'll be happy when it's out of qatar Uh, i just just want to be out of there and, (laughs) and not have to deal with that drama anymore right so yeah tuesday noon mountain time wednesday noon mountain time semi-final matches and then the finals of course the i'm sorry the third place and the final match on the 17th and 18th at 8 a.m our time so not much left we're almost there nope, almost there so we'll be back tuesday um with the with a breakdown of argentina croatia and then uh yeah we'll be back wednesday with the other semi-final breakdown and so we just have three four maybe four depending on the third place match and how it goes uh three or four episodes of the world cup coverage left and then maybe we can do uh if we can ever find earl again uh we can get him on and do like a world cup uh recap after the the final recap show and so maybe you'll get a bonus one out of us there and and, uh and then then it's back to usl yep Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking forward to that too. You know, we finally get, and we'll talk about it, you know, uh, next week. So planning, we already had another signing announced by New Mexico United. Yeah. Hopefully we get another signing or two here between uh, now and the holidays. So uh, yeah, looking forward to it. So, all right, Jacob closes out, man. Yeah. So, so you heard it here first. It's going to be France and Croatia uh, in the final um, for both of us. That is, and, and uh, we'll be, We'll be here next Tuesday to talk about uh, Croatia advancing and and uh, Lionel Messi's uh, legacy. Oh, I do have one question for you, Seth. Sure. Um, was Ronaldo laughing or crying? I think he was crying. I don't know, man. <laughs> I mean, it, it's the it's the most smiley cry face I've ever seen in my life. Then, if that's the case, but yeah, I'm sure he was emotional. I'm sure that's what it was. Maybe it was like laughing and then maybe the guy said something and he and he kind of chuckled at the end i don't know but but uh, it didn't sure look like he i was watching it live it didn't sure look like he laughed at the end so yeah uh, anyways i just want to get your take on that and uh 
And so, yeah, no Ronaldo. Uh, we got Messi in it still. We got Mbappe in it still. Uh, we could see uh, a PSG showdown uh, if Argentina gets through Croatia, but <clears throat> but we'll be here to talk about that uh, next on Tuesday and Wednesday. You know, we got a couple days off here. Rest up and get ready for that. And and uh, until Tuesday night, guys, we'll 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 see you then. And until then, somos unidos.